a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 23 It's been four nights. Diwali is only a little more than four weeks away and we must leave for the temple today if we're going to have a chance of reaching Papa on time. Jivan's fever has gone, but is he really strong enough to carry on? It's morning, and while he's still sleeping, I untie my bundle of things, pulling out my journey clothes, the jeans and the green hoodie. I yank them on before trying to wake him. We have to go, I say, shaking Jeevan gently. I try to be patient, but I can but hardly sound it. He doesn't stir, so I will shake him some more. Jeevan! Jeevan! He wakes up. Traces of the dark fever circles still visible below his eyes, and I feel bad for not letting him sleep longer. Jivan, I say with pretend lightness. What if you stayed here and let me go on by myself? What? He sits up suddenly. You can't do that. Look, I say gently, kneeling on the rug. I'm worried about you. You're not that strong, and it's still a long way to Zanderpore. I stand up, turning away from him because I can't bear to look at him in the eye. Maybe you could stay here with the family for a little bit longer. I pause. Uh, and then get the train back to Sonohar. No way, Usher. I'm coming with you, he says fiercely. All for one and one for all, remember? I heard how you built that shelter in the forest and the way you fought off the tiger. He sounds annoyed. And I know you're getting so good at doing things by yourself now, but we have to stay together till the end. He gives me a hard stare, then tosses his head away. Unless you don't need me any more. No! You know that's not true. I can't manage without you. I'm I'm just really worried that you could get ill again. Jivan turns away from me. Only if you're sure. I don't want to be a burden. He mumbles stubbornly. I force him to face me. Yes, I'm sure. Please, Jivan, I need you. Let's collect our things and get ready. I feel so guilty for suggesting he stays behind. I put my hand on his shoulder. You must tell me if you need to rest, and I'll promise I'll listen. And we have to stay friends this time. Be kind to each other, says Jivan, spreading the scarf out on the floor. However hard things get. Yes, you're right, I say, giving him a hug. Here, you load up while I pass you the things. I pass up the mangostone, still safe in its banana leaf spot. It hasn't grown any shoots yet. I hold it up to the light just in case I've missed something. Tuck it in safely. All you can do is keep water in it. You never know. It might grow. 
The horse is already whinnying outside, which means everyone is awake, preparing for the day ahead. I kiss Papa's letter and stow it safely in my pocket. There, it's all ready, Jivan says, slotting the penknife into the pile of things. We go outside where Nahal's Papa is grooming the horse. Nahal fiddles with the stirrup and looks in my direction, but I avoid his gaze and kick at the frosty ground, trying to shake away his ebony eyes. He doesn't say anything, just concentrates on stroking the horse's flank. So, you're ready? asks Nahal's papa. Yes, I say. Are you okay, Jivan? You don't have to worry about me, he says, shooting me an irritated look. I'm feeling fine. Nahal takes a carved wooden elephant from his pocket and thrusts it into my hand. I made it myself, he blushes. I give a shy smile as I take it. Thank you. I hold it in my palm, admiring the delicate trunk that points to the sky. I'll treasure it always. Jivan looks sulky, turns away as if to say something to me, but, but stays tight-lipped. And this is for Jivan, to keep him warm. Nahal holds out a goat-skin jacket. Uh, thank you. He slips it on. Thank you all. Wait, calls Tinu, running up to us, carrying two flower garlands. These are for your journey. Nahal lifts her up so she can reach us. Grandmother, help me. I hope you find your papa. She raises the white buckle flowers and puts them around our necks. The garland's sweet incense-like smell surrounds me. Thank you for everything. You've been so kind and generous. They all gave a final wave as we turned to leave. We won't forget you, says Jivan, ignoring Rahul and looking across the rest of the family. Keep walking towards the peaks, says Nahal's papa. Once you start the climb, you'll see the prayer flags all along the path to the temple. They'll guide your journey. Stay alert. Lack of food is bringing the snow leopards lower down. Jivan and I exchange a fearful look. We will, we say, finally turning away from the house, keeping the impressive mountain range straight in front of us, its layers of snow shining like a flashing diamond in the sun. My breath blows ahead of me like wood smoke and I pull my sleeves over my hands to keep them warm. The early morning fog rises in swirls from the valley below as we concentrate on walking as quickly as we can. We eventually reach a steep, rugged slope edged with pines where a sign from Kasseray points upwards. We begin the climb to the temple and I stretch up and sling Jivan's arm around my shoulder. He pulls away. Thank you for looking after me, but I'm not a baby, you know. I'm much stronger now. Come on, grumpy guts, I tease. You were right about staying together and I'm glad it's just the two of us again. We clamber further and further towards the temple, the clear blue sky stretching ahead of us like a never-ending piece of silk. 
I reckon we'll be there before dark if we carry on walking this quickly, I say, assessing the height of the sun. But if you need a rest, you must tell me. You will, won't you? Promise, he says. Just as Nahal's papa had said, there are colourful prayer flags tied to the lower branches of the trees. Jivan is full of life, just like before. His shoulders back, as if he could walk forever. Look at you, steaming ahead. See, I told you. We carry on walking steadily upwards until the outline of a figure bent over a stick appears ahead of us. As we get closer, I see it's an old woman wearing an orange sari. Namaste, I say, raising my hands to her. With the flower garland that Tinu gave me this morning and my short hair, I feel like I fit perfectly on the route to the temple. She raises her hands back to us and smiles as we pass. The air gets even colder the higher we climb, the golden sun dropping to the west, and I pull my hoodie tight around myself as we keep clambering on. My legs are suddenly heavy and each step is more difficult to take, the gravel scraping under my feet as I force myself up the curve of the mountain path. I stop to catch my breath, but when we turn the next corner, there in the bluish haze of the early evening is my spirit bird, hovering in the biting breeze. Chivan, look! I cry in surprise. Remember, I told you there was a bird that came into the forest when you were ill. I glance across at his expression to guess what he thinks. It perched on the shelter while I was away. My Nana G's spirit is looking after us. It would be good if she was, he says, picking up his pace. But let's get to the temple. That's what we need to focus on. I suppose I can't expect him to feel the same magic as me, but I'm disappointed all the same. He's still so matter-of-fact about it, despite everything that's happened. The Lamagaya glides over us and lands on a rock balanced on the ridge ahead. A shot of energy comes from nowhere and suddenly I feel I have wings, hardly noticing my ragged breathing as I reach the ridge ahead of Jivan. And there it is, at last. The temple! I fall to my knees and touch my forehead to the stony ground in prayer. This is where Shiva threw his hair into the Ganges, I say, totally in awe, rising to my feet again. Can you believe we're here? It's more magnificent than anything I've ever seen before. Carved from an iridescent rose-coloured rock, the temple has four spiralling turrets which almost disappear into the sky, and in the centre a wide dome covered in pale orange-coloured tiles, sparkling like a rising sun. Jivan grabs me by the arms and begins swinging me around. Asha! We're here! We're here! We're here! He sings. We've done it! We whisper together, looking down on the temple, our voices rising into the twilight. A pathway runs from the top of the ridge down to the imposing arched doorway of the temple, which has coloured glass windows on either side. 
the tiny ochre lights from the divay glow pink, yellow and blue and have been placed everywhere to welcome the pilgrims. My chest is filled with bubbles of excitement, which fizz and flutter as it sinks in that I'm really here. My nanaji is still on the ridge next to us, and I hold up my hands towards her, bringing them together in thanks. She stays there for a moment longer before soaring above the temple, the air whooshing behind her, her wings outstretched in splendour, before she disappears into the snow-white clouds. See? I say. It is her! Mm, Maybe. Or maybe it's... A temple bird, used to getting all the titbits from the pilgrims. Oh, gee, Van! Prayer flags in all the colours of the rainbow are strung in front of the temple, and towering behind it, covered in violet-white snow, is the colossal mountain. The mountain where the holy Ganges is born. I slip my hand into Jeevan's, and together we follow the path down to the temple. We cross the threshold through to a vast hall with smooth marble floors. It's filled with people sitting cross-legged, their heads bowed and their eyes closed in prayer. I brush the dust off my clothes and straighten my top, feeling the short hairs on the back of my head prickle with nerves. The hall is glowing with candles and more divay, the air scented with sandalwood mixed with woody patchouli and rose. Can you believe even those old women climbed all the way here? says Jeevan loudly. Don't stare, I hiss, stooping down, feeling a pang of embarrassment as I pull off my dirty warm pumps and line them next to the chapel, the gold-embroidered shoes and the worn leather slippers that belong to all the other pilgrims. Jivan unties his laces hurriedly. Shall we do the rituals as soon as we can? Then we can leave first thing in the morning and head straight to the city. Slow down. You're always in such a rush. Sorry, Asha, he tugs my sleeve. I know this is important. No, you're right. We can't waste a minute. Who knows what's happened to Papa? We'll do the rituals tonight and be ready for Zanderpore tomorrow. My heart gives a patter. That was another Telltale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com